Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Jan Burrell, a children's author who had a major stroke. It may have taken her mobility, but not her creativity. Her favorite thing to tell people is make every day an extraordinary day. In today's episode, Jan shares her inspirational story of not giving up and focusing on what you can do instead of what you cannot do. Welcome to Lifeology. Hey, James. How are you today? I am doing well. It's nice to see you again. I had the pleasure of meeting you you. uh, through Corey Poirier, a good friend of mine who has a show, many shows, but through Blue Talks. So any of you who Mm -hmm. want to be, uh, have a TED Talk or are struggling to get on a TED Talk, simply go to bluetalks.com. That's B-L-U-T-A-L-K-S.com and tell Corey I sent you there. So I got to meet you through Corey and you had a fantastic story yourself and one's very inspirational and I wanted to have you on my show. So with all that in mind, I would love to get started, jump right into it. You were going throughout your day and something happened. Walk us through that. Well, I was running a farm and I needed fruit to do the baking because we did baking as well as vegetables and Mm. tons of other stuff. We were called the Walmart of the farmer's market. Oh, Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, as I was walking to get some fruit, my legs stopped working. I fell to the floor. My arms stopped working. And I knew what was wrong. I knew I was having a stroke. There was no warning to this. So it was, well, I'll tell you that later. But anyway. um, How old were you at the time? 50. Oh, okay. Okay. Welcome to 50. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 47, so I hear you. (laughs) But I called my partner, called my son. And by the time I called 911, I couldn't speak anymore. But luckily, having a cell phone, they had the connection, knew where I was, and my son was also home by that time. So they, I had no idea what was going on. At that point, I had gone black for three days. Oh, wow. And it was horrible because you know what? The most amazing thing happened. I had an, I had a helicopter ride to Burlington. Oh, I love helicopters. (laughs) And I don't even remember it. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Now, the whole situation, so you knew what was happening. How long did it take from the time you felt your legs not working until the time you were able to call 911? Um, Less than a minute. I just told my partner, hung up, told my son, hung up, and then 
called them and wow that's a lot to do at that time how did so how did you know it was a stroke though because most people like i don't know if i would realize oh i'm having a stroke in that moment how did you know that's what you're having because half of me stopped working oh that's fair yeah yeah and the my brain was slowly leaking blood and it took mm. out from what the doctor said it wiped out all my prime real estate so they didn't expect much from me at all. Wow. How long were you in the hospital? So I was in the hospital for four days and then I went to rehab. And being the stubborn person that I am, mm -hmm. I was going to do it all and I was going to do it all myself. And I got humbled because I fell off the toilet, not once. Mm but twice oh, and had to wait gosh. for them to find me because I couldn't reach the call button. Oh, Jan, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, it's, so you're going throughout your day, you know, you're 50 years old when this happens. And from what I surmise is you're very productive. You um, have a lot of energy. You're really motivated. You're self-driven. All that is, sounds like a lot of people like myself. It sounds like a lot of my viewers and listeners right now to go to have your life be so organized, so productive, so um, established and all of a sudden have this happen. Obviously, depression hits you. When did it hit you? When, would you remember the first time it hit you upon waking up? Depression didn't hit me until oh, about okay. four weeks into it. I am always cheerful, happy. So it was uh -huh. residual was pretty good. It wasn't uh, until then that I started thinking, oh, my God, I'm not going to get better. Things aren't going to go back to normal. And it hit. And the doctors were amazed like you that it took so long because that part of my brain yeah. is gone. Wow. I'm working on new pathways for it mm -hmm. and I'm getting better, mm -hmm. but they still have me on medication to keep me yeah. upbeat. Yeah. So there's what's called neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity, it's, it's a term that basically means uh, when our brain doesn't work or something happens, we have some type of traumatic brain injury like yourself, our brain, will do its best to work, create new pathways, new neurons, new ability, and, and some things that were used over here in this side of the brain that's not working is able to redirect it. So kind of think of like a highway when there's all like a different construction, there's a detour. So your brain, as you know this already, but your brain was creating a detour so you'll be able to do some of those things. And for some people, they're able to reconstitute and be able to reestablish all that through the different detours. But for some people, they're not able to, or it takes a lot longer. So the neuroplasticity, I'm so grateful that it's starting to work with you. You're starting to have that as well. Now, so going back to the depression, I really want to focus on the specific of that because the recognition of what was, where you were before, before 50, versus what is, we often have grief that comes from there because we focus so much on what was and want that back, but with the reality sets in of what is, it's different. How did you recognize the difference between that is my past, as much as I want it, I can't have that, this is my present. How did you find that distinction or how did you find that or still finding that acceptance? I'm still finding it. It's, yeah, I'm sure. Most days I can go through fine, but then there are other days where I just sit down and cry and yeah. I can't do anything because it's just so overwhelming. But I have realized that this happened for a reason. Mm, okay. And that helps my depression because I had always lived my life for everybody else. And mm. I was getting three hours of sleep to try and make my farm as productive as possible. And that's what caused the stroke. And it's my own fault. I didn't know when to stop to say no. So... <sighs> 
it's been quite a journey. I still have mm. problems with depression. Yeah. But sure. being able to talk to people actually helps. Yeah. I'm hearing your story here and I'm thinking of some, some things in my own past that I've done. When you realize that the, I don't say the faults, but we may have known that we should have slowed down or done different things and we didn't. So the recognition of the stressors that you, you chose in your own life, and I say that respectfully because I've done the same thing. When you realize that some of the things that you've done may have contributed to this, how do you reconcile that? How do you find forgiveness for yourself? Oh, actually, that's an easy one. Okay. I realized that it took this stroke to slow me down enough to find my new path of me, my path of me, mm. that I want to help people. And yeah. this is a way I can do it by letting people know that my stroke took a lot. Basically, you were talking about neuroplasticity and mm -hmm. when the doctor said my prime real estate was gone. I figured that left me swampland and desert. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so so draining I'm draining the swampland, wheelbarrow full by wheelbarrow full, into um, this the the swamp into the desert, and yeah. it's it's amazing because it is starting new pathways, and I am getting abilities back even after eight years. I just went through one of the most painful times again. It's called my period of pain because this is a terrible, painful journey. But I can walk. I can feel wow. my whole leg and I haven't wow. been able to feel the inside. And it's amazing because I was never supposed to walk or talk or read or wow. crochet. I like crocheting. <laughs> well, you can see my dragons. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to believe in yourself, though, and it helps yeah. to have people around you that don't give up on you. Yeah. And I went back to school, teach being a substitute teacher and an interim teacher. And the kids, everybody said, were bad, were hard to deal with, were the best kids I had. And they would stay after class and they would help me out with speaking and they would help me out and encourage me to move my arm around and mm. to walk with my cane. They were amazing. Wow. That and, is fantastic. Yeah. They accepted me as I was, mm -hmm. even though I looked at myself and said, Oh my God, I look awful. I, I don't work right. Yeah. My face was crazy at that mm. point. You know, it's interesting about those kids and I'm glad you had that experiences. They were probably stigmatized as well that, that they weren't very good or very their behaviors were off or something was wrong with them and so to find someone like yourself and they were able to encourage you which i think is just a beautiful thing because they found a kindred spirit in you and someone who was kind to them as well so i think that's a wonderful opportunity for you all i wanted to go back to the actual symptomology so the mobility component so you had you had the stroke what and you what what were what did you lose not not speaking about the brain but what did you lose as far as the physicality Everything on the right side, even my face okay. movements and muscles, nothing worked. And it really, it's, it goes as far as even going internally, half of you doesn't work. Mm. So I have problems with, um, how do I put it mildly? It's hard to go to the bathroom because half sure. of it doesn't yeah, work. I yes. So it goes beyond what people see. Hmm. I never thought of that. I mean, it's, I say that 
I said it ignorantly because of course, you know, I haven't been in that situation, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. I, to have to relearn everything and to find workarounds. I mean, someone like yourself obviously was able to do it, but it's, I'm sure it was very, um, I'm sure there's so much patience you had to learn. And once again, I say that in a vacuum because I wasn't in that experience, but I'm sure it was very difficult. Very, because I have ADHD. Mm. So having to sit and and just sit, it yeah. was very hard, which is why I started crocheting. Again, I taught myself how to do it with my one hand and wow. that helped while away the time. And yeah. with my books, my children's books, when I have mm -hmm. the grand opening in a month, I'm going to give away dragon scarves to the kids. Mm. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, were you a writer before, before the show? Yes. Oh, I've been okay. a writer since I've, oh gosh, was in high school and I've collected Ooh. all the poems and all the writings, but this one is going to blow your mind. I was given my phone. Now I couldn't read. So I started playing drag and merge and, you know, little things trying to remember how to do things. Mm -hmm. But then I started typing when someone came to visit me and I couldn't come up with the words, I could type it. I had no idea what I had typed because it looked like Chinese to me, but I could do mm. it. I could type it while I was thinking of the words and how to spell them and talk with people that way. Wow. So I, started, I started writing a diary and I've kept a diary right up until today on wow. everything I've been through. So that's my next big project is to get it um, published. So we, that's what's called aphasia. So uh, with different symptom, symptoms that happen with people with a stroke or traumatic brain injuries, there's different versions of aphasia. And so aphasia for yours, it's the inability to, um, as you said, I mean, you just describe it, the inability to recall the word in your head, but you're able to, um, how would I describe it? You're able to, to type it out in a different way. So the neural pathway had to move from the... No, they're different. They're different yeah, yeah. pathways to your mouth and to your hand. And yes. the one to my hand wasn't affected. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. I was thinking more, I was explaining more in the sense of it's the recall aspect of it. And that's still the same component of it. So you were able to recall it. And so when you look at your diaries now, now that you can read, how did it feel to, to experience it again as you wrote about it every day or every other day to then really experience it and to fully experience it or actualize it as you reread it? it was enlightening because I didn't realize everything I'd been through. And then to think that that was what was supposed to be, that's it. Mm. And I look at myself now and my abilities and anybody can do it. If I could just let caretakers know that they shouldn't give up and that the angers are from depression. And when mm. you have this aphasia, you can't get out what you want to say. So you get angry and you get mad and you throw things or you scream. Well, I couldn't scream for four years, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> you can now though. You made up for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it's just the whole thing. When you give up on yourself, you can't have other people give up on you when they yeah. keep going and keep saying, you can do it. I know you can do it. You are such an inspiration. It is uplifting and it makes you want to keep going just because they believe in you. Yeah. The first few times you heard that, um, 
I'm sure it's very difficult to believe it. You know, so, so people, they're believing for you. And so when you hear it, the, you've tried many times and it doesn't seem to work. And how did you, how did you first accept that their encouragement when maybe you didn't feel it yourself? Or what did you do rather? To be honest, I've always been one that's given out positive thoughts. So mm -hmm. I know that it's the correct thing to do to yeah. thank them. And then it would just get lost in my brain and I'd forget it. And I'd mm -hmm. go back to being mm -hmm. frustrated and angry and having to deal with this pain. And that was the big thing that nobody really knew. My pain level was an eight or a nine at all times. Wow. Oh, gosh. Wow. The first thing that you feel when you get the sensation back is pain. Yeah. So... Finally, my doctor came up with something after I went through um, addiction to Aleve and Tylenol. I was taking mm -hmm. eight Aleve a day and at least 12 Tylenol a day to try wow. to at least be livable, be a human, and not this yeah. big mass of pain walking around. How did you admit that to them? Because that's, or how did they find out? Because that's, you know, that's something you relied on. How do they find out about that? Or how did you tell them? I just told them. I said, mm. I got a problem. I need help. I've, mm. I'm overdosing on painkillers and it's stopping working. And if I go off them, I'm going to go nuts because the pain is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I've been honest. And I tell people that I have been addicted as well. It's mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. experience to add to all the others that, that I now have so I can understand more people. Sure. Yeah. When you started to be able to walk again and use your hand again, how how did that transform your, transform your life or your perspective or perception about your future? Well, my hand doesn't work yet. Okay. Yet. yet. But it yet. But the okay. mobility, I still use a cane, but around mm -hmm. the house I walk with that one. And it gives me a sense of purpose. It gives me a sense of freedom that mm -hmm. I can now walk. I go down and get the mail every day and I go all over the place. I can walk in a store and I mm -hmm. don't use the, um, uh, the carts that the are carts. electronic. No, mm -hmm. I don't use them. I've been offered many times. But I say, nope, yeah. I can walk. You know, we often, and I say this for myself as well, but we often take for granted the things that we have all around us every day. Uh, your mobility before when you're running the farm, uh, that, was, that was an obvious thing. And so to lose something that was, we've all, we've all taken for granted and then to get it back, I'm sure the gratitude level or the, um, the joy that you must experience about something you could already do in the past is probably exponential. I'm building my gardens up again mm. because I can get out there to them. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. exciting. Now, some people have uh, some spirituality or some faith. Was, was that anything that was applicable to you at all during this time? I have always had faith. I believe very mm -hmm. highly in God and I mm -hmm. believe in the planet. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really Christian per se or Taoism yeah. or anything like that. I'm just yeah. spiritual. Spiritual, sure. How did that help you through this through this time? Because I know that God only gives us what he knows we can get through if mm -hmm. we try everything is a trial and everything yeah. is to see if you will take the challenge and meet it 
So in the this moment, is my challenge. in the moment, yeah. So in the moment, I mean, we can talk about this now. I'm sure in the moment, and I'm I'm, I'm probably just speaking for myself. I'm sure in the moment, I would probably forget that, <laughs> forget that this is a challenge or this is a test or whatever, whatever you want to call it. And in that, yeah, we look at, once again, like I said, we focus on what we, what was the past instead of what is. And so the acceptance of what is with the hope that what will be, will be different than what is, is really important. And so I think that the aspect of realizing with through your faith that this is an opportunity to grow, to develop. So finding the, the joy or the peace in the trial and that's maybe difficult to understand for many people, but the joy of, I don't like the situation. I hate it. I don't want to be here. And I know that there's a beautiful experience that's coming out of it. When we can allow for both things to exist. And so that's in psychology, we call it that a dialectic. It's a fancy word. That means two opposing things can exist at the same time. I'm very sad, but I'm very, I have joy because of the experience. Both are true. And so when we look at that and the dialectic of this is where I'm at, I hate it but this is where I will be. I have joy there. Both are true. So learning how to live with a dialectic of multiple emotions, multiple experiences happening at once allows for us to look at a situation in the more complexity as opposed to just the, the factual aspect of what we see in the moment. That's very true. I can't sail anymore. I can't hike anymore. And those were things that I lived for and kayaking and mm -hmm. taking the kids camping. But my kids have grown up. They're now on their own. Mm -hmm. And helping people with TBI, traumatic brain, brain injury, mm -hmm. and stroke is such an uplifting and exciting thing to be able to get out there and change people's views on what can happen, what can be. Yeah. So, yes, I am very dialectic. And it is very difficult some days, yeah. especially nice windy days when I want to be out there no, sailing. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. With that, so hopefully, I mean, you, we've talked about like the, in the intro. I said the stroke may have taken your mobility, but not your creativity. In your writing and in the children's books and all the writings you do, do you experience life vicariously, or in other words, through the through your writing of what you focus on, what you can't do through your writing? With the children's books, probably not. It's part fantasy, part real life, mm. because it explains sure. geography. Basically, we're oh. going to be learning about states in the country and, and con different cool. countries without. But in my poetry, so much comes out of what I'm dealing with, what I'm thinking of the future, mm -hmm. why I'm going through this. And yes, a lot of it comes out. And my poetry has been accepted in many different journals. Congratulations. Thank you. That's wonderful. Do you, do you find that your writing style has changed uh, pre-stroke versus post-stroke? Yes, but that's because I went back to college from a oh, person who wow. couldn't read to going and getting my master's degree in eight years. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. And Absolutely I took, inspirational. I took creative writing and poetry as my major for my master's. So I have learned how to craft my words even better. Mm -hmm. That's a huge undertaking for anyone to get your master's and congratulations to not be able to read and then decide to, to get your master's. What, what made you decide to do that? My daughter. Mm. In 2001, I got laid off from my job and she said, mom, you should go back to school. And she actually, God bless her heart, she put me through my master's. 
Wow, that's amazing. And that's amazing. Actually, because she did that, I was more hmm, I was more challenged to do the very, very best I could, and I graduated with a three point nine one summa cum laude. Congratulations. That's fantastic. I mean, I wish kids would be more like that with their parents if their parents pay for it. But congratulations. I mean, to be able to not be able to read and to graduate with such highest honors and such high esteem and to do, to prove to yourself and to be an inspiration for individuals who've gone through your same situation. But I'm just so, so proud of you and so honored that you are on my show today. Unfortunately, our time is up. We could literally talk about this all day. If my viewers and listeners want to find out more information about you, uh, your all your information, uh, your children's stories, children's book, your poetry, where would they find this information online? Okay, I have a website, www.thundercrestbooks.com, like in thunderstorm and mm-hmm. the crest on the horizon. So that's one place. I'm also on LinkedIn. They can find me under Jan Burl. And Facebook, I have a J.S. Burl author website. Wonderful. My viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll link you with Jam Girl. Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest today. Thank you, James, and thank you for your time. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.